Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Alrighty, welcome back again. Happy holidays, everybody. On air and on the road, Jay Gruden is driven by the Ted Britt Automotive Group. Ted Britt Ford in Chantilly and Fairfax, your F-150 headquarters. And Ted Britt Chevrolet in Sterling, all home to Ted Britt for life. Lifetime vehicle coverage. See and shop them all at Ted Britt. Dot com. And joining us right now is the aforementioned Jay Gruden on the BetQL guest hotline. Jay, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. It looked like you guys had a uh, a good little gathering there. I saw John and I saw uh, your sons and I saw, uh, you know, the, the family. The Grudens were uh, looking good on Christmas Day. Yeah, it was a great day. You know, I spent uh, Christmas Eve at my oldest son's house, all the two grandkids, and then Christmas Day went and saw my brother and and then uh, in the afternoon, went and saw my other son in Daytona, so we got them all covered. All right. Uh, excellent. Did you eat good at least? or? Um... I ate like a, yeah, I, I ate too much, Chris. <laughs> I ate too much. I mean, I'm, I'm feeling it now. I'm still a little woozy. What, did, what, did, what, did, what does Jay Gruden like to eat? Whatever they feed. I mean, they, it, <laughs> it was just a nonstop smorgasbord. <laughs> and you didn't cook any of it, correct? I did not. I helped clean up, though. <laughs> there you go. There you go. boy. Good for you. Well, happy holidays to you and the Gruden uh, family, obviously. Uh, glad you guys could get together and see everyone uh, and have a good time. That's what the holidays are all about. Um, so I don't know, you know, with everything going on, I don't know how much of the Jets-Commanders game you got to see. But, I, I, of course, the big story around here is Sam Howell was, you know, pulled at halftime again. He was awful again, just like he was against the Rams. Just, again, pulled earlier. Uh, Jacoby Prissett, once again, another, you know, second-half comeback, much like against the Rams just earlier. And, you know, now Ron Rivera refuses to at least tell us who the starting quarterback is. Who do you think it will be, and what did you make of a second consecutive benching? Well, Sam hasn't played very good. It's, you, know, you can't uh, sugarcoat it at all, and it's not all Sam, obviously. There's a lot of people that have their hands in it, but when the offense struggles moving the ball like they are when Sam has been starting the last couple of weeks, change has to be made, and Jacoby obviously proved that he uh, deserves a little shot to try to spark the offense, and he has the last two weeks, so there's – no arguing with the decision to make a move to pull Sam. Now it's just a decision on the last two games. Who do you play? And I don't think there's really a wrong answer here. I think Jacoby probably right now from a confidence standpoint gives him the best chance to win because Sam just looks like he's a little out of sorts right now and uh, probably could use a couple weeks to chill out and uh, get ready for the offseason. Ron said, you know, he's got plenty of good tape, and and, and that's fair. I, I think there is good tape of Sam Howell. Is there anything to gain at this point? When things have gone so horribly wrong, is it like 
bashing your head through a cement wall? Like, like how would you view it in terms of the potential upside for Sam Howell? Yeah, I just think right now, based on the last two weeks production-wise, it has been uh, uh, nothing, so to speak, from a positive standpoint for the offense when Sam has been playing. And, uh, you know, there's a light, like I said before, you can't put all the blame on Sam. The protection had been very good, the route concepts maybe, but uh, but how does Jacoby make it work so well when he's in there? So mm-hmm. I think you got to go with Jacoby and, and uh, just finish the season out and then let the people make the decisions who are going to make the decisions moving forward on the next quarterback or Sam's future. Right. Uh, a lot of people um, in the media seem to be very concerned that Ron spent the entire offseason, the entire season preaching, you know, it's about quarterback development, sticking with Sam, uh, you know, this is how we're going to go, blah, blah, blah. You know, d- despite the, the potential pluses and, you know, the potential downfalls. And clearly this is a potential downfall where he's playing horribly. And, you know, again, they, they made the decision to yank him a couple of times, which, again, I agree with, you agree with. Is there anything wrong with Ron doing what they've done, considering what we've seen on the field, when he spent 11 months preaching that it's all about quarterback development and Sam's the the guy and the, and QB one and all that stuff. Well, I think, you know, based on the first, you know, eight, 10, 12 weeks, Sam did show a lot of progress and show some, a lot of potential. He had some really good games and some great moments, you know, so you're just hoping that he'd continue to build off of that. Unfortunately, for whatever reason, the last couple of weeks, he's taken a major step back, whether it's, not climbing up in the pocket, aborting plays too quick, uh, inaccurate throwing, um, throwing into coverage, taking sacks, whatever the issue is, there's a lot of them right now. And I don't know what those issues are. If he just lost confidence in the scheme, if he lost confidence in the offensive line, whatever it is, I think he's trying to take the matters in his hands a little bit too much. And uh, I think it's time for Jacoby to go ahead and finish these last two games out. But I still think there are, like you said, there's a lot of good moments Sam had throughout this year to give the next regime or, or coach Rivera, if he's still here a little bit of hope that he could be potentially the quarterback next year, but I still think they got to bring somebody in to compete. Right. No doubt. No doubt about it. Jay Gruden with us on the BetQL guest hotline here after Christmas, as we talk about uh, the decision, the indecision right now. Uh, I mean, again, Jay thinks it'll be Jacoby Brissett, Brissett or should be. Uh, I certainly think that uh, as well. I think that's pretty obvious, um, but there's a lot moving around. Um, so, is 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 playing Brissett a preservation tech tool? You know, Ron knows that he's likely getting fired. Um, is it what you owe the locker room? Because that was my argument. Even if Ron is trying to play a game of self-preservation and trying to win these games, even though it hurts the organization moving forward – like, to me, you owe it to the locker room and the building if you're asking guys to put their bodies on the line and to keep working hard for you and to keep coming back and to keep charging forward. You owe it to them to play the better of the two quarterbacks, right? Yeah, I agree 100%. Now, Jacoby came in last week against the Jets and didn't play very well, and they got stomped like the, the start of the game. They just got destroyed early. But if he came in and didn't perform as well, then I could see going back to Sam. Mm-hmm. But two weeks in a row, Jacoby put up some pretty damn good tape right? and had, had some really good drives, some really good throws. So I think clearly, uh, based on the last two weeks production, you have to go with them. And I think the locker room sees it. And, you know, you, you're not stupid when you're watching the film. You watch right. the first three quarters or a quarter right. and a half. You're like, this is terrible. And then you bring in Jacoby. Holy cow, this is what we're supposed to look like. So I think everybody knows that uh, Jacoby right now at this time gives them the best chance to win. And that's what it's all about at the end of the day. It's not about draft position. 
It's about trying to win the last two games and see what happens at the end of the year. All right, let me ask you this from a coaching perspective. If you were the head coach, would you? is there any way you could justify starting Sam Howell again this week against San Francisco? Yeah, there is because he's been your starter all year and you're out of the playoffs anyway. He's the younger quarterback and he's the guy that you have under contract. And he's the guy that you want to see develop into the starting quarterback for this franchise for the next coming year. So, yes. You don't want to totally uh, destroy his confidence, but I don't mm-hmm. think this would destroy his confidence ha- taking his back seat based on the last two weeks of his performance. I think it's a chance for him to just take a step back and watch a veteran play and uh, kind of show it how it's done and, and maybe just get his wits back about him and start the offseason on a positive note. But I don't think, you know, I, I don't think he'd be wrong if they started Sam Howell. I just think the way Jacoby's played and the way Sam's played the last two weeks, I think it's a no brainer. You got to play Jacoby. Uh, a potential new regime. You know, like when you came in in 2014 and you knew how messy the whole situation was, you know, with Mike and Kyle and RG3 and, and just how much of a disaster. How much attention do you remember paying to what was said, what was done, what was, you know, all of the controversies, what have you, when you took over? Meaning it, when a new regime ultimately comes in here, they're not worried about what Ron's been preaching and Ron's been saying, are they? Or or, or did you give that yeah. some credence? No, you're exactly right. No, because the new regime is the new regime, and they're going to do things their own way. And you, you, know, you try to learn from the old regime's mistakes and what happened and why they failed. It was a personnel related. It was a coaching related. A little combination, possibly. But obviously, you know the Shanahan's can coach football. Mm-hmm. There's bigger issues involved in-house with personnel and and some decisions they made uh, with the roster, in my opinion. So it was our job to try to get that fixed quickly with draft picks, even though we didn't have a first-round pick the first year, but try to get them, get the draft picks and try to hit some free agents. And, uh, you know, it's a tough way to build your team through free agency when you don't have top draft picks, but uh, we did the best we could. But you try to eliminate the noise and all the negativity that the old regime had, and you try to start positive and try to build the team your way uh, the best way you can. Right. People forget. You know, they made the trade in 2012, but in 2014, when you take over a three and 13 team and have the number two, oh, wait a second, you don't have the number two overall pick. Exactly. <laughs> not, not, a great, not a great way to start a regime, right? When you're three and th- when you're inheriting a three and 13 mess and you don't have the pick uh, that you could ideally change things uh, around with, which, you know, obviously sucked. Um, all right, let me ask you this uh, the 49ers, speaking of them, uh, they're the opponent this Sunday. A short week for them, long travel, all of that stuff, probably not fair. But they were throttled last night on Monday Night Football. Is that, in your opinion, just Purdy and the turnovers? Or I guess how much credit do you give to Baltimore for doing what they did, you know, in whatever way offensively, and of course defensively, yes, but whatever way they did offensively as opposed to what San Francisco didn't do offensively uh, by turning the ball over? Uh, both, you know, you got to credit Baltimore. They're an aggressive football team, and they came in six-point underdogs, and they used that to their advantage. They wanted to show people that they are the toughest football team in offense in, in the league. Offensive line, defensive line, secondary, uh, wide receiver, quarterback. They all wanted. They all had a little. They all had a little something to prove, and I, they came out and proved it. And the turnovers obviously just snowballed on San Francisco. A couple tip balls, a couple of Aaron throws by Brock, very uncharacteristic right. of them, and and they couldn't recover. But you got to credit Baltimore more so than. I put any blame on Brock or, or the San Francisco 49ers. Baltimore was a better coach football team, and they played better across the board. Uh, we know how good Harbaugh has been. 
nobody would question that. We know how stable that organization has been, and it seems they have a different, you know, everybody throws around the term culture, and, and they've made mistakes, but, I mean, they have a different, you know, out-of-this-world culture, next man up, this, that, and the other thing. How good do you think this Mike McDonald guy is who's been at Michigan, who's been now the Ravens defensive coordinator for the last two years, replacing Wink Martindale? I mean, do you think he's absolutely going to be a head coach like this upcoming year, or or would you need to see more? How would you kind of evaluate that? That's a good question because some teams have struggled going for the defensive core, the hot defensive coordinators mm-hmm. for their franchise or under franchise. I think most owners will be looking for more offensive-minded head coaches because it's a quarterback-driven league. But he has put together two very good years. But I, I, I've always felt Baltimore's had a very good defense. Wink Markdale, all these guys that have been there have had good defenses. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just he's just carrying on the torch and doing a great job systematically. They have good players. They have good pass rush. They have uh, very fast linebackers. Roquan and Queen are very good. Mm-hmm. And obviously their secondary play is very good. That safety they got from Notre Dame is a monster. Hamilton. And, well, well uh, I, and I, I guess l- let me jump in there. That's maybe why you give him a little bit more credit, right? Because Roquan was up and down a little bit in Chicago, then gets the trade, and all of a sudden he's back to you know what a lot of people thought he would be, and a cyborg, and, and, and then made Patrick Queen better. And then, again, the drafting of Kyle Hamilton, you know, like I don't think the commanders were all that blown away by Kyle Hamilton from what I remember hearing. And yet here he is again, another cyborg. So is that, do we give all the credit to McDonald for developing those guys? Or do we say, you know what? Eric DeCosta is a pretty damn good GM and he learned from a really good one in Ozzie Newsom. Yeah, I think both. I think you got to credit both of them because they have a really good system in place there. Their scheme uh, defensively is very sound. They play great coverage on the back end. They get enough pressure. They have good blitz schemes. Mm -hmm. Uh, They know situational football extremely well. They're great on third down. They make tackles. They don't miss tackles. You don't see guys running wide open against Baltimore very often. They're very well coached. They're where they're supposed to be, and and that's the credit to, the obviously, the defense coordinator and the players for buying in. Um, And then, obviously, the offense, they they do a great job of holding the football, gaining possession of the ball, and running the ball and, and keeping the defense fresh. So it's a great. They have a great complimentary style of offense and defense and special teams over there. You can't forget about how good their special teams is. Jay Gruden with us for another couple of minutes. All right, it's quick spin around the NFL. Dolphins hang on. Well, hang on. They they kick the game-winning kick as regulation expires and beat uh, the Cowboys. Cowboys thought they had one on the road against a quality opponent. Did that loss tell you anything more about the Cowboys or the win told you more about the Dolphins? Probably went about the Dolphins because they won despite not really making a huge impact offensively and, and putting up the big numbers, the gaudy numbers. Mm-hmm. They were able to run the ball successfully and, and, and gain percentage of the ball, not turn the ball over too often, and then get a big drive at the end of the football game trailing uh, to get the victory. So that's huge for everybody's psyche moving forward because now they know they can come back from behind. Uh, they can run the football. They obviously know they have Tyreek. Losing Waddle will hurt. I don't know how long he's out for. Yeah. But, That'll, that'll hurt them a little bit. But I just think for your psyche, the way they won, I think is good for all of them to see that, hey, we don't have to throw for 450 yards and, and uh, do you know somersaults in the end zone every play. We can win ugly, and we can play good defense, and that's what they did. Yeah, that's what you have to do, especially at this time of the year. Um, the Raiders go into Arrowhead, and we know the Chiefs' offense has not been great all year. We all understand that. Jay, to see you know, them score two touchdowns off of two turnovers in eight seconds, was unbelievable, but, you know, I know they bent a little bit in the second half after that, but all in all, they, I mean, the Raiders, Antonio Pierce, have done a great job. They're 7-8, and eight, chance to be, you know, I guess over 500 with a couple more wins, and, my God, the Chiefs might not even make the playoffs. 
Yeah, they don't look very good. Patrick looks out of sorts. I think every play is a, a ad lib play. Mm-hmm. He, he's made his living on those plays, but now it just feels like it's every other play. He was yeah. running for his life. He must have run 12 miles in that game uh, laterally and then down the field. He was running all over the place. Guys aren't getting open forward. Travis does not get the separation he usually gets. They can't get him open. So they, they have major problems at wide receiver there, great in separation. And, and the offensive line is really not playing up to par either, and they don't really have that running game that they usually have. Clyde edwards lair hasn't been really hitting it. Obviously, uh, Pacheco has been hurt up and down, and mm-hmm. he hasn't really been that go-to back. And You know, when the Chiefs have been pretty good, obviously Patrick Mahomes is great, Travis is great. Uh, they've always had a pretty strong running game. Now they're struggling running the football. They're one-dimensional, and that one dimension is not very good right now with the receivers that they have. Uh, last thing for you, Jay Gruden, with us. Um, the Eagles won 33-25. I, like, there wasn't anything that I felt like, you know, I didn't watch every snap of the game, but I didn't walk away going, oh, the Eagles are back. Did you? No, not at all. No. Uh, the Giants almost came back and beat them. And, uh, yeah, they, they, they're they struggling a little bit on defense. And, and offensively, I still just feel like they're out of sorts as well. I think they have the best chance to get it turned around because they have good personnel. I just think Jalen Hurts is still lacking just a little bit of confidence mm-hmm. and swag that he had last year. I just think he's still um, – uh, he's just fear, very looking very indecisive to me at times. And he's got to get it right. He's got the right to shift these last two weeks. And they got to get some home games uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles to have a chance to move forward. Playoffs. Is, is any of that the inconsistency in the running game? And again, it was it was pretty good yesterday against the Giants. They ran for uh, I think it was like uh, uh, 170 yards, which I mean you'll take. Yeah, but I mean they've been mostly that, yeah. inconsistent running the ball. Is that it more than the 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 leg sleeve or whatever the hell he's been dealing with for the last couple of weeks? Yeah, I just think Jalen just doesn't look like himself for the last five or six weeks. Whatever, okay. I think injuries, he was sick for a little bit. Yeah, um, He's thrown a couple interceptions, which he doesn't really throw, so he's kind of lost a little bit of confidence. He's making sure, you know, a lot of times when you're, you know, your first couple of years, you stare it out and you're playing very good, and then you start throwing picks, and then you start second-guessing your decisions. Oh, wait, I, I, he's not open. Let me pull it down and run, or let me check it down real quick. You know, so I think he's just lost confidence in what he's seeing and what he's believing, and he's not letting it go like he did his first couple of years. So I think uh, he just got to maintain, get his confidence back, get A.J. Brown going, get Devontae going, and that running game will work out yeah. just fine. Good point. Jay, happy new year to you and the fam. Appreciate you as always. Thanks for joining us. All right, Chris. Thank you. All right, there you go. Jay Gruden is driven on air and on the road by the Ted Britt Automotive Group. Ted Britt Ford in Chantilly and Fairfax, your F-150 headquarters, and Ted Britt Chevrolet in Sterling, all home to Ted Britt for life, lifetime vehicle coverage. See and shop them all at tedbritt.com. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.